This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast, episode number three. I'm P.F. Wilson, the content director here at Cincy Shirts and our sibling site, OldSchoolShirts.com. Today on our show, Sean McCabe from McCabe Media. Then you know, Blockbuster back in the day, they would hold roundtables and they would hold customer surveys and things. And they said, look, we have no fear of Netflix because we know for sure that our customers like the serendipity of possibly running into a neighbor and they love flipping over the back of the box and reading about the movie. McKay Media is a full-service marketing agency providing old-school PR with a digital focus. They help clients online, in print, and in person to tell great stories about their businesses. We talked a lot about social media and marketing, but Sean is also the president of the Greater Cincinnati Restaurant Association. So we talked to him not only about social media and marketing, but about restaurants, food, and where to get the best wings. You're going to find that out. And even if you just have a passing interest in social media, I think you're going to enjoy this. So let's chat with Sean McCabe of McCabe Media. And don't forget to listen for the special 20% off promo code at the end of the interview. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I, Cincinnati. She came down from Cincinnati. Just maybe think of me once in a while. I'm at CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati. What's happening, you guys? We are at the Hyde Park Retail Store, 2709 Observatory Avenue. Uh, We're recording live from the stock room right behind our store, so uh, we're pretty high-tech. But uh, So yeah, it's a Cincy Shirts podcast, and today our, uh, our guest is uh, Sean McCabe from uh, McCabe Media. So we're going to get a little, little talking about... Uh, uh, digital marketing and all and all that all that good stuff. Um, you know, we might talk a little Cincinnati affairs too, but uh, yeah, we'll see where this goes. I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. So, welcome to the, the the table. Well, hey, Cincinnati, nice to be at Cincy Shirts. This place is pretty awesome. We're trying, we're doing our thing, I guess. So yeah, so I I really don't know much about you personally. I know we're, we're friends on Facebook, and you post a ton of content on Facebook. That is for sure, both personal and business and. You're sharing all your likes and interests and all that stuff, but uh, to your posts, you know, I'm always I'm always uh, anxious to you know click on the links and see uh, your opinions about different things from uh, from Bitcoin to you know local restaurants to you know what uh, your your suggestions are that your clients uh, look out for as far as uh, digital marketing and whatnot. So anyway, so I thought you'd be a, a fun guest to to have uh, coming here and throw some ideas around and shoot the breeze for a little bit. And so I read on your site that uh, McCabe Media is an old school PR form with a digital focus. Well, absolutely. That- yeah, we, we tell that we're, uh, we're telling great stories about good business. And so our whole mantra has always been to get a story out in front of many people as possible. And so we're still old school. So a lot of the old ways still work. And what you mentioned about Facebook, uh, I like to share. I'm still that guy that posts what I had for lunch. I'm still kind of doing that thing. And I might overshare sometimes, but it uh, helps create a lot of cool conversations like the one I'm having with you right now. Exactly. Yeah, you just do it for the clicks, right? That's right. Do it for attention, right? (laughs) (laughs) But is that uh, if we have a strategy where we try to put out as much content as we can, just do it for the clicks, do you think that's a a wise way to... uh, to go about it, or uh, do you think we need to be a little more smart, a little more smart, a little more smarter, a little more stuff? I don't even know what the word is. More intelligent about how we uh, make our decisions as a as a business thriving in the social media landscape. We know a lot of people are out there just kind of checking the box when it comes to marketing. They're out there saying, "Hey, we need to post." three times a day to Facebook and two times to Twitter or whatever their metric is. And we find that a lot of times if you're just checking that box to get that job done, that you're not really connecting with your audience. So I love what you said about what you're interested in and what I post. 
that's dramatically different than what some others have told me. And I love that. And so sometimes you just kind of have the conversations. So for sure, you want to just put great content out there. But a lot of times we find people just checking that box and they don't really have a plan. They don't have a story to tell. So I think before you go just trying to get the click, before you're just trying to put out a message, you need to really think about what you're saying. Yeah. I know with Cincy Search, you guys have a lot of different unique stories to tell about Cincinnati, about things that are happening. You, you tend to be on trend. And so I know I enjoy that about your brand. And I think that's where my clients and others really succeed is when they find a way to connect with the audience. They connect in a way that is just like you and I talking today. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if people are up with the big changes that Facebook uh, is bringing to the table, but uh, that's pretty much what they're saying, right? If you're not posting content that people enjoy and interact with, that they're not going to be showing your posts. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's a big deal. That's a real hot topic right now. There's a lot of chicken little pandemonium about it, especially for small business owners. Uh, one of the things that I'm tempering for our clients is we're saying, look, you know, when Facebook announced last year that they were going to put all their eggs into the video basket, did you go out and become Steven Spielberg? And they all laugh and say, well, no. Well, when's the last time you created a video? Uh, well, a few months ago. Well, you should take that same kind of temperature now. All they're really saying is, look, we kind of let the wheels come off the wagon, and now everything that you see in your Facebook feed in particular is a lot of ads, a lot of stuff that you're not interested in. And they know that long-term, as, as Facebook as an organization, to make money, they need to keep you interested. So what I love about the announcement from Facebook is it's really going to simplify things for the small business owner is that social network in particular was based on getting as much attention for as long as possible from its users. So there's a little bit of a, a joy that people get. There's like a dopamine reaction when you get a like on something that you've shared. Oh, yeah. And people just get addicted to that, right? And so they're kind of bringing that back in. They want it to be more about your friends and what you're doing and what you're interested in. So we're telling people that the change is a huge opportunity. So you think it's a good thing? It's a very good thing. Huh. Yeah, you I mean, just was, have to be compelling. I was about ready to uh, jump off the crew tower last week. but Because, uh, I mean, it is scary as a business like us because – when we, when we first started Look At Me Shirts in 2005, it was before Facebook. I mean, Facebook was just starting. It might have been, you know, at the level where you had to, like, know a college kid to get a, a request or something like that. We were we had Look At Me Shirts on MySpace. Um, and, you know, we had, we had our little robot friend adder that went around. And, you know, while people were sleeping, would send them uh, friend requests or whatever, uh, you know, whatever that process was. And then, you know, the next week now we're on a Facebook and we're like, ah, I don't know about this. And then pretty soon it's the biggest thing ever. <laughs> and then Twitter. And then, you know, I just learned how to use Twitter probably two years ago. And then, oh, well, you don't want to use Twitter anymore. The kids are on Snapchat and Instagram. Um, so, I mean, really keeping up with it is uh, it's it's fun. But at the same time, when you're in our when you're in our uh, shoes and we got something that we're finally learning how to use. Uh, we're comfortable with, you know, the amount of money as, as opposed to the return we're getting. Um, and then you hear stuff like that's going to be changing. It's uh, It can be scary, that's for sure. Well, you know, change can be a tremendous opportunity. So like you said, people are getting scared. Uh, it's now become a bit overwhelming. There's all these things out there. Should you be on Facebook? Should you be on Snapchat? And for a lot of people that own small businesses or they're out there trying to sell something or just get connected to groups of people, it's an insurmountable task to create podcasts, videos, pictures, and to do it right. So we see that change as an opportunity. You know, one of the things that Facebook did last week right alongside their big change announcement is they're trying to compete with YouTube. And at the bottom of your Facebook app, you now see a little TV icon. You hadn't seen that the month before. And so people that are out there creating great YouTube videos, there's always a system to the madness. What's happening is Facebook is trying to compete with the second largest search engine in the world, which is YouTube. And the way they're doing it is they're saying, hey, guys, look, there's a new feature. And for groups like us, people that are a little bit savvy with what's going on, if you just realize Facebook is trying to take money away from YouTube, and so now they're giving people with great YouTube content a showcase right inside of Facebook. 
and that happened last week too, and nobody's talking about it. So huh. people right now that have great YouTube content content can get favorable treatment from Facebook yeah. and be featured more so and get more clicks, more views right inside of that platform. And that's sort of that the dominoes fall, things change. People are kind of panicked about changes that you're talking about. But if you look for those little opportunities and bounce around between the platforms, that's where the real gold is. Yeah. So are they going to monetize like the same way with YouTube? That's right. Yeah. Right now when you watch a uh, an ad or a video inside of Facebook itself, you get so far into the video and now they have these pre-roll advertisements in it. That's pretty new. They're seeing if that works, and they're constantly changing. So we, we think that change is really good for the small business person because uh-huh. you can just jump between those trends because that's what we're all trying to do is have a relevant conversation with the next best customer. And I think some of these platforms are really putting it out there without opportunity. Yeah. And we're not used to big companies like that saying, hey, we're going to hold off on the ads. You know, we're going to pull back a little bit. I mean, I know their investors weren't happy to – to uh, to hear about that, I mean, I think their stock went down. I don't know, ten or twenty bucks, um, which I'm sure they'll be fine. But um, and you probably read about yeah. that on Facebook, isn't that ironic? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So Snapchat is is that a big waste of time? What's your what's your opinion on that? <laughs> no, you know, everybody tends to associate Snapchat with a younger person. Yeah, and it's very interesting. Uh, we found that that's just not the case. It is that the fact is is that just like anything else in the world, just like any other preference, you like what you like. And so what I tell everybody is, you have to find out what your customers prefer. You do that in every other part of your business as an owner, but what we find is people ignore that when it comes to social media. They ironically go online or they listen to a buddy and they choose the wrong platform because they think it's the hottest trend. So Snapchat is very relevant. They have uh, they have a pretty small user base when you look at some of the other platforms like Facebook. Yeah. Um, but for some businesses that are targeting uh, a traveling crowd, people that love adventure travel, people that are perhaps foodies, people that are uh, into sharing these little micro experiences directly with small groups of people, they're spending a lot of time in there. I know you and I today, we set up this meeting by just sending a little Facebook message. What people aren't realizing is that most of everything that happens online, sort of if there's an iceberg in the water, about 4% of all online activity is actually happening on these platforms and out on the web, so to speak. The rest of it, 96%, is all happening in our private chats, things like private snaps, things like Facebook Messenger, or just a text message to each other. So a lot of times the companies that are capitalizing on those peer-to-peer, those one-to-one communications, those are the companies that are really winning. Um, When's the last time you ignored a text? Yeah, that, that, that's true. Especially not for my wife. Never. <laughs> that's right. That's Never. right. We all look at our texts. We have our mobile phones with us. Sometimes, you know, we're looking at more than three hours a day. Yeah. And so a lot of our companies are, are going direct to the text. And so, you know, I, I tend to go that way when somebody asks me about, you know, which platform should I be on or what's a waste of time? And I say, go right to your customers and ask them, you know, what they're using. Yeah. And it's real easy now with everything being so digital. You can test everything. You can just kind of throw some spaghetti on the fridge and and test it in a matter sure. of a week's time. I try to listen to uh, my employees when it comes to you know what new products to add or try to bring as many opinions as we can. And the things I've been wrong on, one was, hey, we need to sell stickers. What? When I was little, stickers were free. You know, we're selling stickers now. We're selling a lot of stickers. The other thing, hey, how about a rewards program with texting? What are you talking about? I don't want to get a spam text. You know, like to me, that is just like the worst, uh, worst way to try to sell me something is through a text that I didn't ask for. Well, now we have a rewards program with over 7,000 people that we text and it works. <laughs> and they asked for it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Isn't that great? And so I'm like, <laughs> that, that just baffles me. But, um, but I also, I guess I'm old school because if I shop online, I have to open up my laptop and I'm buying it right there. I, there's That's something right. there's something about holding my phone and buying something I just can't do. But I, <laughs> but I look at our stats and what sixty five percent of the people who buy stuff from us are buying it from their mobile device. Well, absolutely. So. You you guys have a great you know retail shop that we're sitting in right now. Uh, I love seeing all this beautiful inventory. It's kind of a neat environment back here. All this, and, all and, this and, inventory. And, <laughs> and and what's really neat is we have a aquarium shop, and they told me when we sat down. 
our people just are never going to respond to a text message. They're just never going to do it. And I said, let's let's take a look at your email list. Let's send them out a little offer. And uh, sure enough, they had a they had a Black Friday sale that was uh, three times what they had done in the past. And all we simply did was we hit their email list, and we said, if you sign up for our text platform, then we'll give you twenty percent off at the store. And um, yeah, tripled their sales. And it's wow. one of these things where the owner said, look, I, I I'm certain that my customers won't do it. Um, so a lot of times, you know, what you are experiencing yourself, kind of the, the world through your own eyes isn't what's actually happening. And that's the biggest thing. Cause like I said about that, that click, that like, that dopamine reaction of being a social media, a lot of times we'll tell people to do something a little different than they had been doing on say Facebook. And it's like telling somebody to stop smoking. They, they are so addicted to what they're doing and uh, you kind of need to remember that that's what your customers are doing too. Yeah. Do you ever suggest anything kind of like any like guerrilla marketing tactics, or is everything pretty much uh, uh, straight and narrow and more? An idea I had, we haven't done it yet because I, I think I'd probably end up divorced if we did. I think that we should create a Cincy Shirts profile on Tinder, and our newest design, and just have our profile pick or whatever. I'd swipe course, right, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Be like, if you like this, if this design is hot. If this this design gets you going, then yeah, then we then we can judge whether it's good or not, or just just right the, I don't know if any brands are doing that. Like I said, if I had the Tinder app on my phone, it'd probably be game over for me. But uh, I actually did hear that Tinder is adding uh, advertising. Uh, do you know anything? Yeah, is that on your radar? They are. They are absolutely. You know, we're always looking at what other companies are doing, like Spotify Radio. A lot of people are listening to that now more than four hours a day on their phone. And you can now access what used to be $25,000 minimum. Small businesses for as little as 250 bucks can get on there. Tender is adding. I love your idea because uh, that's such a, a common part of the daily culture is Tender. And mm-hmm. whatever you think about the platform, whatever your personal experience is, it's part of the daily discussion. So I absolutely love it when brands think like you're thinking and you try to get in front of where your customer's eyes are. So absolutely. Now, Even now if it looks bootleg and like, well, we're the type of people that come in and tell you, well, that would be against their terms of service. Of and so we wouldn't want to get you <laughs> down that path with, uh, with Tinder. But, you know, anytime that you can be the one that is the exception on a platform, you know, when you guys do something really great with the design, the community responds and you just want to be able to share that with them where they are. And so something like that, having people, you know, vote, is this great or not? I think that's perfectly relevant. And we see a lot of brands really win that way by simply asking their user base, hey, what do you guys think? And it's all back to what we talked about, about having that conversation. If you find it relevant when you are at the cash register talking to a customer, you can recreate that so efficiently across all these digital platforms. Yeah. Right on. Hey, maybe we should fire up the old Tinder campaign. That's then. right. That's right. Swipe right on Cincy shirts. <laughs> Have you guys ever done like a PR campaign or like, is there like a Yo Caro Taco Bell for McCabe Media? Have you guys, you know, we tend like the to, biggest hit. Right. The biggest hit for us really, um, is when we come into uh, any small business and we tell them you're doing it wrong. The, the, our biggest win is to come in and kind of tell them, hey, look, you've been throwing all this stuff out there and we want to corral it for you and we want to get you back on track. Um, in terms of, you know, the, the notable wins for us is that we've taken local chefs onto national television. And so for us being a small boutique PR shop, that's a big win when you can get national airtime yeah. uh, for one of your local clients. But, you know, the, the biggest win is to tell people, hey, look, you know, the, the frustration, here's exactly why. And we kind of uh, come in with a little triage kit when we talk to somebody and we go, look, stop banging your head against the wall. We know what the billionaires have been doing. And we're going to show you kind of the roadmap of what other people have already proven wrong and right and kind of get you on path yeah. kind of like bar rescue except with, that's right yeah uh, on your smaller uh, <laughs> smaller scale that's right yeah i don't know i don't know if i'd ever respond well to that or not because like when i live in the suburbs of kentucky and uh, every spring we get all the the guys knocking on our door wanting to give us the lawn care yeah and, and they always start off with man your yard looks horrible or we can 
we can we can really get this yard looking way better than it is. I'm like, it's like the first thirty seconds is them insulting. <laughs> I was like, come on, that's right. But uh, that's that's your style, and that's awesome. And people come I, in and they ask us. They say, you know, why is it that we've spent eight thousand dollars on postcards? And we can't do it. So it's usually a welcome criticism. They come to us and they say, look, yeah. the pain is very real. We've wasted X amount of money. And so don't you think that you could do something a little different? And often they're coming to us with a little bit of, uh, you know, hey, do you think you can really build a better mousetrap? I've heard it all before. And so it kind of makes for a neat discussion because I'm with you. Yeah, the whole we don't go in with the scare tactics. I know a lot of our our customers lately have been calling us and saying, you know, why aren't you panicking about this Facebook change that we talked about earlier? And the the reason we're not is because, you know, it's not like they went and flipped a switch last week. If they did, we would have told you about it. And so I think a lot of people respond well when you just have the discussion of what have you been doing? What do you think you could do better? Retargeting ads. Is that a big waste? Yeah, that's gold. It's pure yeah. gold. So because doing? you you have a cap. I see a lot of them, so I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, it must be working for somebody. That's right. We uh, we haven't had a whole lot of luck with that. And for those of you who don't know, it's like when you visit a website and then you leave the site, and then a couple uh, minutes later, you see the ad pop up for that same product that you were just looking at. So what they're taking the the cookies or the the tracking from your searches and uh, just retargeting it. So, yeah, so, you, so you've, well, you know, you've I, seen success with that? I, well, absolutely, but I think if I could kind of side-diagnose is that um, you guys, Cincy Shirts, would not have much success with retargeting. The, the reason is, is it, and, uh, you know, not just because I'm a fan, but Cincy Shirts, when you come and visit Cincy Shirts, you've heard about it from someone. You've seen a great shirt. You've seen something somewhere that has led you here. Um, a lot of times retargeting is about capturing that interest that kind of doesn't know yet what they're looking for. So if you guys have someone already at your doorstep, so to speak, they're on your website and they're mm-hmm. looking for a shirt, they're already perusing your products, they're they're already taking a look, and bringing them back doesn't have much value because they already came with a purpose and intent before. Where we see it really win big for people is uh, in the restaurant space where people are making a daily decision to dine out. And so you're keeping a brand directly in front of them. Um, it might not be, I know for some of us, I, I could buy a new t-shirt every day, especially all the stuff you guys come up with. But you know, you, most people aren't coming daily to, to purchase a new great piece of clothing. Yeah. And so that's why you might not see much of a return on the retargeting. But retargeting works well when you need to keep somebody um, top of mind. And uh, it's very cheap to do that. And it sounds very technical, but um, almost any business with a free account inside of Facebook Ads Manager could set it up on their website. Let's say you do your website in Squarespace and, and you don't work with an agency like ours and you're only spending you know, 19 20 bucks a month to do a, a website. You can go right into Facebook Ads Manager and in a couple clicks you can set up retargeting for your business. We'll try anything, <laughs> you know. Sure. And that's what I mean. It's amazing that we're still in business. All the money that we've wasted <laughs> on, uh, on like I think our first year, uh, I remember we were in Dayton, Kentucky, printing shirts, and I bought a yearbook ad. You know, right on, And I was yeah. like, yeah, we're gonna. I don't even know if we'll be open next year when this thing comes out, or you know. Well, I was like, that. That's probably the dumbest. Uh, dumbest thing ever but hey it was for the kids right (laughs) you know i love hearing that man because that's what so many people do is they get excited about their business they think they're going to try the the great new thing to get attention and you know what i say is like go for that absolutely you know and you definitely want to get advice from your peers other small business owners isn't it great when you guys sit down and talk with other people you know that are in your business you get all this great insight but whether you go with a pro or you're trying to do it yourself, you know, just looking for what somebody has already done, looking for those horror stories. And I always tell people, you know, if somebody's scaring you with some marketing idea, it's uh, probably just a sales job. And so, you know, if somebody's got some wisdom for you, there's always a balance. And so it's the good and the bad. So that yearbook ad, you never know, man. Somebody <laughs> saw that and a year later, you know, ended up buying 20 Absolutely. times already. Absolutely. I love that kind of stuff. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Another thing, when we started out, uh, our email list was super important. And then it kind of lost its value or I don't know, like returns weren't as good on it. But now that's probably one of our um, most successful 
marketing pieces that we put out. And I mean, we used to send out maybe one, two a month. Now we're probably, I don't know, sometimes four times a week. I mean, with MailChimp, you can see exactly uh, how much each each email is bringing in. And I mean, so that's that's definitely been a pleasant surprise um, because, you know, you're, not, you're never quite sure if people are, well, I guess they, they have the open rates and whatnot, but um, I don't know. I, I guess that was something that was always kind of uh, surprising to me when it when it goes along with the, the text as well. It's like, who's opening emails and clicking and buying stuff? But obviously people are. That's right. You know, um, when you ask people... Uh, hey, when's the last time you bought something from an email? They'll tell you, uh, you know, say you're you're around that kitchen island having a beer with somebody on Friday night, group of friends. They'll tell you about a great deal they had. They'll tell you about a win at the casino. They'll tell you about their new car, new boat. But they're never going to tell you, you know what, uh, last Wednesday night I clicked on an email and bought some shoes I shouldn't. Um, th- there's stories that we don't share in everyday culture. And one of the stories that's very compelling is billions of dollars are being spent by clicking on emails that were sent to you. Just like we all say we don't click those ads on Google. We all say we don't respond to that stuff. And the fact is, is that we do. The collective yeah. we certainly does. Email by far, by as much as 20-30%, has a better return just from a pure number standpoint, better return than social media and the, and all of the things that we've talked about so far today. Really, and so it's very compelling. And I love that you brought up Mailchimp. You know, that's the favorite of our agency. There's eye contact. There's constant contact. There's all these tools out there that you can put together a nice looking email and communicate to your clients. Now, you guys probably had good success because. You're telling a compelling story, whether it's a funny thing, an anecdote, whatever. Um, it's just like any other conversation. If you just blast somebody with email three or four times a week and all you ever say is buy my widget, that never works because that's not the conversation that you would have in person. So I, we know that where you win is having a compelling story. And really personalization is key. Right before I stepped in here, I was checking email on my phone. And uh, my wife and I bought from a local jewelry brand that everybody would know. And they sent me an email with my name misspelled. And they sent me um, a bridal sale. I was married last April. And we bought our wedding rings there. So it was kind of a slap in the face. Like, well, apparently you didn't care about my thousands of dollars. And and so surely I'm not going to buy from you here. And that's where we see a lot of things happen with small businesses. They they check that box. Like I mentioned, they check that box. Hey, we sent an email out to our customers. And I'm sure somewhere at that jewelry store today... Somebody got to tell their boss, yeah, I sent that out, that email out. Yeah. But it ended up kind of poisoning the pool a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you can, you can win big on email because uh, we all still open those. We all still have, you know, day jobs and things that we're, that we're interacting with. On the topic of interacting, uh, the way Amazon's kind of crushing everybody in the big, to- uh, big box retail world or just retail in general. Um, I mean, we've been – Finding we're kind of Amazon proof. We're not. We're a local product. Uh, you know, we're we're not on Amazon. Uh, people they can go to our website, but people do enjoy coming into our stores. Um, so I don't know if you know stores like us will be the only ones left here in uh, five years, or I don't know. Maybe we'll be gone too. It might be <laughs> might be my ego just thinking that. But um, but yeah, as you hear about Macy's closing down, I mean, we just signed our uh, lease on a, a space in Loveland. Uh, be opening up in April. I don't know if the world's kind of reverting back to like the, the main street vibe where, you know, the, the small town mom and pops are uh, going to be the, you know, it's our turn to thrive for a little bit or not, but it'll be interesting. It's kind of sad too. I mean, I don't want to just have people hang out in their houses 24 uh, seven and have no interaction. Yeah. There's a little bit of that Wally, that old Disney, Disney movie kind of approach where everybody's just going to be kind of camped out shopping off of a button. Yeah. But you know, the, the Amazon effect is very real. Yeah, a, a boutique niche store like this um, is thriving because people like the difference. But, you know, uh, the same people that shop local are still doing the sort by price and buy it on Amazon. And they love the efficiency of it. You know, uh, Toys R Us actually went bankrupt last year, but they were using Amazon to fulfill all their toy sales. And so uh. even sleeping with the enemy didn't help Toys R Us. At the end of the day, 
people decided that that wasn't the experience that they needed in order to acquire a toy. And you think, well, don't you want the, the kids walking through the aisles looking at the toys and playing with them? And it is a new world in that respect. And, you know, Blockbuster back in the day, they would hold roundtables and they would hold customer surveys and things. And they said, look, we have no fear of Netflix because we know for sure that our customers like the serendipity of possibly running into a neighbor. And they love flipping over the back of the box and reading about the movie. And couldn't they, you know, laughably, could they have been any more wrong? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think companies that adapt to the fact that, you know, if you're sitting in 2018 and you can't buy your product online and you can't have your product shipped to you, I think that's really the stumbling block and the death knell for the people that don't get on the train, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but no, I think the the boutique niche experiences are, are thriving. People love anything that's different. And of course, experiences are dominating in a world now where everything just happens on our mobile, on our thumb. Yeah. And we, we've also you know seen the effects of people being used to uh, shopping on Amazon. Um I mean, especially around Christmas time where, you know, we're busy. You know, we got this water pig that's blowing up with all the Fiona shirts. We were slammed. We had a uh, – I remember a customer, her order was placed like late Thursday night. She had a mean email in our inbox Monday morning why she hasn't got her shirt. Where, where's my shirt? And it's just like, man, like I guess that's kind of our slogan is we aren't Amazon. And that's that's kind of like on all <laughs> levels. You know, right. yeah, we're, we're local. We're <laughs> – we, we try. I think we're doing a pretty good job. But, you know, yeah, we're not going to probably have your stuff delivered on a Sunday. It's a different experience with us. <laughs> as big as Amazon is, it's outsized expectations. I, I hear that all the time. You know, certainly in that example, you know, people are so used to that speed. You know, the old adage is like you can have the speed, the quality, you know, and, and you can change um, the preference now people want the high quality they want the speed they want it at the lowest price and they want it all right now and that's been really tough for the small business you know because because those conversations unfortunately only go so far um, that same person that might have made a big order online that wants it now might not be the same person or the type of person that walks into this beautiful shop and like feels what's going on and talks with with you as a creator. Um, and I think understanding how to cater to those disparate audiences in one group, we talk a lot about with our people segmentation. And just like that jewelry store sending me a bridal sale email, they could have very easily sent me an appropriate email, sent the other group of people a bridal sale one, and really won. Yeah. And I think the tools are there now for anybody, even the solopreneur, they have the tools right there. I call it the, the $39.95 business. It, there's always a widget out there, a website, a tool for $39.95 a month that can get the job done. The challenge is knowing how to string it all together and knowing how to make it work inside of your business. Let's switch gears for a second here because uh, this is Cincy Shirts and we want to talk about our love for Cincinnati and everything <laughs> Cincinnati, all Cincy all day. But yeah, so you're also the... Uh, with the president of the Cincinnati Restaurant Association? That's right, the Greater Cincinnati Restaurant Association. So is that a, like so what do you actually do or what's that involved? Oh, I love to eat, right? And that's pretty obvious. You so just if you can see me now, so you're, you're right, right. president. Take a picture and you're and you're in. Um, <laughs> and so you know, I love great food. Um, I love to travel as much as possible, but uh, always the scene in Greater Cincinnati is so diverse. You can literally get any type of great food that you want right here in Cincinnati. And so um, we have a lot of fun with that. You know, my wife and I enjoy just dining out. And over the last three years, it's kind of translated into part of my daily profession because we have some of the most innovative, just earth-shattering chefs right here in our city. One of the biggest food festivals, most well-renowned, Cincinnati Food and Wine Classic that's happened the last few years. A great bunch of people that you know bring all these out-of-town reporters, the big names, um, uh, kind of really bringing our food scene to the limelight. And so we have a lot of fun with it and just love it. Love awesome. Cincinnati's food scene. I was surprised. Uh, at a, I went to a Bengals game this year, and I was in line for a burger, and I'm looking behind there and it was jean robert was cooking it was that jean jean bobs is that what it's called the, his own little boutique burger yeah kiosk basically in the uh, paul brown stadium i couldn't believe it i was like yeah you know he had his little like 
he has Bengals jersey on and, and whatnot, but uh, it's like, wow, that was freaking John Robert back there. <laughs> and one day, but, you know, he's on Good Morning America. The next day, he's cooking at the Super yeah, Bowl, and then you see him, him, like, right, 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 like, what is he doing slumming, right? At yeah. The, yeah. And, you know, that's really great, too, is the, the personalities of these guys – I've had the opportunity to work with Jean Robert, Christian Piatoso. Um, there's a lot of these big names that, you know, you'll see them on Good Morning America one time, and then you see them out at these festivals, and you see them doing great things for uh, charity events around town. Uh, I know Jean Robert does just a tremendous amount of work for the Free Store Food Bank. There's a community behind the food scene in Cincinnati that is just unparalleled. And I think that's really what's driving some of the attention that we're getting. You know, the La Soup program, you, t- you basically take all the greatest chefs in the city, you make them tune in to the waste that is happening, and you and you give them an opportunity. And that program has been just leaps and bounds. Procter & Gamble is now getting behind that and supporting some of these great chefs and what they're doing with controlling waste and benefiting less advantaged people as they're yeah. looking for, you know, great food. So I think that's kind of the difference. And, you know, it's eclectic. Like I said, you can get something great from kind of any genre right here in the city. You're 20 minutes away from a world of food. Yeah. What's, uh, what's the best restaurant I've ever heard of? Hmm, that you've never heard of. Yeah. Well, you know, if I'm doing my job, you've heard of all of them, uh, right? Of course. Um, but, you know, I, I think uh, I, I'm going to go back to John Robert. I'm going to say if you haven't tried L, okay. which a lot of your listeners may have never heard of, but if you've not tried L, that's that's an experience, a must-have experience. Okay. I've never been there. <laughs> I've not tried it. Uh, who has the best wings? Oh, Pontiac Barbecue. Hands down. All Love right. it. And talking knockbacks? About, you know, everybody says knockbacks, and there's a good reason for that. People love them, right? you got to try Pontiac. And what a, what a war we've just created right here on this podcast yeah. talking about favorite wings, right? Beat <laughs> Right, yeah, beat <B-dubs. laughs> Hands down. <laughs> That's awesome. The uh, I learned a little hack actually just this weekend um, when the snow was coming in. Uh, my folks are in town, whatever. We are going to go to Miyoko, grab some hibachi. Oh, beautiful. Right. Ah, weather's going to stop that. But nope, we're going to make fried rice at home. But I still went to Miyoko and I got the sauces. Oh, that's right? the key. You got to get the yum yum <laughs> sauce and you got to yeah. get the ginger sauce. Yum yum sauce for the shrimp and chicken, ginger sauce for the, the steak. <laughs> but then uh, I almost bought the, uh, the salad dressing because my kids love that dressing. But for some reason, forgot it, whatever. I didn't have my list. <laughs> uh, well, we got home. We figured out that if you mix yum yum sauce and ginger sauce, boom, you got the dressing. Did you know that? I didn't know uh, that. I don't know That's if it's true, but it, it sure tastes like it. <laughs> we fooled our kids. <laughs> I love good hibachi food. Oh, man. Uh, Fuji House is another great one around yeah. the city. A couple locations. That's a great place for hibachi. And what has anyone ever tried an American eyes? Hibachi, like you show up and get eggs or bacon or burgers just cooked in front of you and just have a dude talk to you. <laughs> I mean, why, why does it have to be Japanese? What, what is it? What is it with that? Uh, You've heard it first here today. That's that's a tremendous concept. Well, yeah, waffles, yeah. but they, they got your back. They put you in the back. You have to that's stare true. at their rears while they're making you. That's the, right. That's right. Everything else. <laughs> they usually don't want to talk to me at two thirty in the morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, like man, that, that should be – out of all the concepts, I don't know if I've ever seen seen that. I mean, I'm sure the grills are expensive. And uh, in the last year, what do you think the, the one moment you were the most proud of uh, Cincinnati, your proudest Cincinnati moment in the last last 365 days? Oh, in terms of our city, I mean, what what happened with the Blank Festival was yeah. surreal. Uh, it was so far-reaching. It – quite literally pardon the pun cast such a wonderful light on our city yeah. it was just absolutely amazing coming? so you know what's interesting is is um there's a couple design powerhouses i wouldn't even call them competitors they're doing some amazing things that we can't do and vice versa there's a couple great design houses in the city that kind of uh spearheaded this and what they did is they saw this happening in other cities around the globe and they took the best of their experiences and they brought them right here to Cincinnati. And so I think they've really created something unique that's never been done. And uh, I hope to see that continue because Blink uh, did something in the city. You know, I, I've worked downtown uh, since I was 16. 
the crew tower is kind of a, a, a home away from home for me. My offices are there now, and it's this iconic place, obviously. But, you know, as I walk through the city streets for that many years, there's a certain tone. You've got the good and the bad, and you've got all these things. The, the Knights of Blink completely changed the entire experience of the city. Everyone was walking through with smiles on their face, saying hi, conversation. Yeah, it's like they're at a Cincy shirt store. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and it was just, it was wonderful. So, yeah, really proud of the city on that. And I, I can't wait to yeah. see what they do next. It was crazy. Well, I went down with my family. We had a stroller and uh, I, it was a nightmare. We, we lasted about a half hour. We made it two blocks and said, all right, back to Kentucky we go. But, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was just amazing. You can't hate on it because I was like, man, there, there's no way to prepare for this. No, no. Uh, and we we did the official T-shirt. Um, we, we had we we probably could have had a, a stand on every corner and printed ten thousand shirts and still sold out. But yeah, so so I, I hope it comes back. I hope that's something they keep doing. I haven't. I've heard rumblings of maybe maybe next year, maybe in two years, but. Yeah, we, we think probably in about two years is the, is the vibe. Um, it was a big undertaking, a lot, a lot of planning. Oh, I'm sure. And, and unfortunately, when you have something that's so successful, um, what's the first thing people try to do is a money grab. And, and so you've got some forces at, at play that are trying to see, how can we profit from this? Yeah. Where it was a little more altruistic when it's, when it started. Um, maybe it outsized itself a bit because, you know, some people, uh, didn't have all the facilities they needed and things when they came down. But, you know, I think if we keep the spirit of that type of event alive, that'd be fantastic. You know, with all the, the arguments and the things that people have from, from streetcar to politics, the bottom line is Cincinnati is, is a neighborhood, um, in and of itself. The way we're structured, Greater Cincinnati is a lot bigger than even some of the larger metropolitan areas. And it's the people of Cincinnati that make it different. Yeah. yeah how many people you talk to that come back? home to Cincy after they've gone out and had great careers in other cities, whatever. Yeah. They bring their families back home to Cincinnati. I think that's awesome. I don't know how many emails we get a week that is just like, oh, I stumbled on your site and I'm makes me miss home. Or, <laughs> Nostalgia, or I man. got, you know, Aunt Lucy sent me this Fiona <laughs> shirt and, you know, I sat there and cried because... You know, I miss miss our town. You know, my mother in law is a is a huge fan of Fiona, and it's interesting because before I ever shared that I knew of you guys and and shared what Cincy shirts was, she was out there. This is my mother in law living in Arizona, and she already had a Cincy shirt and was part of the Fiona story yeah. uh, without any sort of introduction from the guy in Cincinnati. So That's awesome. uh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, when she was born, we knew there was something there. Because, I mean, we could look at the likes and the shares and just like, wow. Mm-hmm. Every video they put up would have like 10 million views like before 4 o'clock. And, but, I mean, we, we've had some some home runs when it comes to designs before, but we haven't had anything that's just lasted. And our, our inventory, we, we, we never really made a huge, huge order because at any second it could, it could die. I know I was, I was quoted in the Enquirer saying it was pretty insane, but that's really the only way I can describe it. <laughs> I know that's I know that's horrible, but what well, was uh, something so positive? That, you know, as as a, a media, as a marketing guy, um, it's been a kind of a cool story to watch from the outside with Cincy Shirts. Is that uh, you guys? I don't think I don't think you ever took advantage of it. You told a positive story, and and we tell our clients every day. You know the positivity sells. You know the the negativity, the arguments, the 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 negative things that you can throw out in the short run to get some likes and comments. That never has the value that yeah. a nice positive story tells. And, and I take a lot of flack for that. You know, as, as cheesy as our tagline is, is telling great stories about good business. A lot of people say that I'm too soft on the restaurant stuff with the reviews. Um, sometimes I'll call out something negative in the restaurants, and I'll never name that restaurant. But you'll see me shout to the rooftops when somebody does something positive. Yeah. And that's been a big part of my personal success, my business success. And I think that's echoed in something like with what you guys have done with the Cincinnati Zoo and that partnership. Uh, people love the positivity. And look at look at how it has the longevity of that the return, the outcomes of something like that yeah. is immeasurable. And I think that's probably my best advice for people on social media is is rather keep it, than keep it, you know, keep it positive. You know, it's yeah. so easy. For real. I mean, I don't know how many people have suggested, you know, 
good riddance Marvin or, you know, because everyone, everyone was sure. gearing us up for uh, for Marvin Lewis to get fired and uh, or any anything political. We're just like, no, that's just, that's just not us. We're just the, mm-hmm. you know, rah-rah Cincinnati until uh, the end. <laughs> right, right. I don't know. I want to throw out a promo code so people can save 20%. Uh, so what's a, what's a cool word? Uh, it doesn't have to be Cincinnati related, but I'll let you uh, name that. Just All just right. any word that you'd like for people to go to our website, plug in, and save. save well, we, we can't use water pig. I chuckled at water that earlier. We can't use water pig, could we? We could. <laughs> Let's well, use water pig. That's right. I think that's fantastic. Water pig. <laughs> All right. Use promo code water pig when you listen to this, and uh, you can uh, save 20%. Uh, for probably a month or two after this uh, podcast is released. If you're listening uh, to this on McCabe Media's outlets, uh, we're going to go ahead and throw the link to some of our favorite shirts out there that we think are just fantastic at Cincy Shirts. Nice. Uh, you guys take a look over it on our blog on McCabe Media. Some of our favorite choices from the staff. Yeah. What do you think about the blog? You update it every day? Is blogging worth... Uh... Oh, blogging, time. blogging is dead and over, but that's only if you treat it like a blog. You know, there's a place to park stories. Some people call it a blog. It's a website. It's it's whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Uh, if you're blogging just a blog and checking that list of, you know, hey, we have a blog, it's never going to work. Um, but if you have a place to park your stories and, and keep it told, and to um, it's like hanging a beautiful picture on the wall. There's something hanging it up behind it. There's a wire there. There's a hook. There's something. And so your beautiful picture might be your blog, but you have to have um, a way to bring people into the art gallery. You have to have a way to hang it up. You have to way to keep it level. You know, there's all these things. Is the frame right? And so when it comes to blogging, blogging as we knew it is dead. It used to be if you posted a blog story, you were one of those few content creators out there that did it. Now, just on Facebook alone, we're talking 3 million pieces of content every minute. There's no way that any business owner save for, you know, P&G down the road, is going to keep up with the magnitude of storytelling out there. But just like we talked about with email or social, if you have a nice positive story to tell, put it on a blog um, and and then point it point people in the right direction to read your story. Yeah. Well, the SEO value is probably more than the, uh, I mean, for search bots to, to read it more, That's than, right. more than people. That's right. And, and you know, that that the search algorithms people go crazy trying to keep up with the latest trends and uh, Google said a long time ago if you're designing for the human eye you're winning and Matt Cutts puts out the most compelling information directly from Google he's one of their search experts and he kind of purposely goes behind the curtain for you I tell all small business owners entrepreneurs go out and read uh, what Matt Cutts is saying and then just do what he tells you um, and stop listening to all the salespeople when it comes to SEO. And, and, you know, public service announcement, if anybody ever calls you and tells you they can get you a, a certain spot on Google, oh, yeah. that, you know, that that's just snake oil salesman <laughs> lying. Just hang up immediately. <laughs> so. I hear you. How about one last question, and then we can wrap it up here. The amazing pop star, the, the, the great songbird that we all love, Sia, she once has this lyric that uh, says... Honey, I don't need dollar bills to have fun tonight. If you don't have any dollar bills and you're in Cincinnati and you need to have fun tonight, where are you going to go? Oh. Hard hitting. I might, you might have to take a second. Yeah, take a second yeah. Think about you know, that. I mean, I, I think for me, I'm, I'm going to Wild Mike's and having some wings. You know, that's that's fun for me. But uh, you know, you you got to go. Um, you got to go visit our art museum. That's what you got to do. Oh, good answer. Um, the, oh, the free. Cincinnati Art Museum is is absolutely free. It's compelling. It's beautiful. Um, there's a story for everyone. So, guys, if you're looking for a great date night, uh, score some points by taking the, the ladies to the art museum uh, because you can find something to, to, to spark interest and conversation. And then, uh, you know, afterwards, maybe uh, maybe spend some dollars over at L. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for coming in. Uh well, always Not good bad. to hear the story that Cincy Shirts is self-telling, <laughs> so thank you so much. We're trying. Let us know if you get sick of it, but if you guys enjoy it, uh, let us know, and we'll uh, we'll keep it going. Um, and also, if you have any suggestions, also uh, let us know, and uh, we'll try to get them in here and uh, talk it up. But cool. Sean McCabe, McCabe Media, thanks for coming in, buddy. Thanks, guys. <laughs>
Sean McCabe of McCabe Media talking about social media, marketing, and restaurants here in Cincinnati. You can find those folks on Facebook and Twitter at McCabeMedia.com. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing, who are from Philadelphia. You can find them on Facebook, and of course you can find that song in iTunes or wherever else you get your music. Find vintage teas from Philadelphia and other great cities like Cleveland, Louisville, Pittsburgh, Seattle, and more at OldSchoolShirts.com. Of course, Cincy Shirts is online at CincyShirts.com. And in case you missed it, the promo code for this episode is WATERPIG, and I believe you can do that as one or two words, Darren says at the end there. Uh, And I believe that is good also at CincyShirts.com as well as OldSchoolShirts.com. And if you're in the Cincinnati area, stop by one of our stores. We are in Over the Rhine at Main and Liberty and in Hyde Park on Observatory Avenue, about a block from Hyde Park Square. Uh, Loveland coming soon, so look for that. Download or stream us next time. Bye. I said goodbye